0: The Front Lines of the Culture War and the Battle Between LGBT Rights and Marriage and Religious Freedom. And again, this one in the arena of adoption agencies around the country. Adoption agencies that are based on religious views of marriage and family have been threatened with closure if they don't conform to the progressive agenda and this is a story of one that is winning so far. Our guest today is Attorney Matt Staver, founder and director of Liberty Council. Matt, welcome back to Freedom's Ring.
1: Thank you. Good to be with you.
0: And, you know, you litigate an awful lot of cases there at Liberty Council that we could talk about on our radio show, but this is kind of one of those big-ticket issues, and I guess the case is called Melissa Buck against Robert Gordon, but... um What's the adoption agency at issue, and and what's happening with this case?
1: This case, interestingly, has a unique history, and it really underscores the ideology that trump the well-being of the children and the families involved. St. Vincent's Catholic Charities is a 70-year-old nonprofit organization that specializes in finding foster and adoptive homes for hard-to-place older children, sibling groups, and children with special needs. And the state in Michigan is the sole source of foster care and adoption referrals for agencies, for example, like St. Vincent. So all of the foster care goes through the state and they refer out. This entity has been there for seven decades doing great work. What happened is they got a letter, all the adoption agencies and foster care parent agencies got a letter from the state of Michigan saying they are in desperate need for additional families to be able to place their backlogged children in the foster care system. And this went out to St. Vincent's. St. Vincent's, obviously, as a licensed adoption agency, licensed individual families to be both foster parents and adoptive parents to be able to make that process happen. So they got a letter, just like other organizations got a letter, we're in desperate need of additional foster parents. Well, on the heels of that letter, just right after it, within about a week or two, another letter came from the state of Michigan. And this one said to St. Vincent Catholic Charities, you're no longer eligible to be a licensed foster care entity. We're not going to refer any more foster care and adoption referrals to you because you have this position that marriage is between a man and a woman, and you want to place children in homes with a mother and a father. And so that's discriminatory, they said, you're completely banned from the foster care and adoption referral process. And this is just in the wake of sending out this emergency letter that they need some additional foster care parents and adoptive parents. What this did, Matt, is actually all of the different the parents that were licensed through St. Vincent's Catholic Charities were not able to participate anymore. It literally stopped not only future, but it stopped their ability to do anything with the uh, children. In the midst of an emergency, they cut off the very source that could provide the answer. And this not only included St. Vincent Catholic Charities, but also the Bethany uh, Christian Adoption Services as well.
0: So I'm assuming that their basic premise from those in whatever Michigan agency is, is doing this is that to only place children in families with a mother and a father Is a form of discrimination and bigotry. And um, we require all of the organizations that participate in providing services, you know, with referrals from the state uh, to be non discriminatory, and you're not non discriminatory. That's right. Is that the gist of their position?
1: Yeah, and and they elevated this LGBT ideology way over the well being of these children. You couldn't have had such a contrast. Sending out this emergency letter. That we need more foster care parents and then stopping the very entities that are providing them. Now, what happened here, this started because of the newly elected Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. She became the Attorney General in Michigan in January of that year, this year, and uh, she ultimately issued this uh, directive with other agencies in the state. She is an open lesbian in a same, uh, quote, sex uh, relationship, marriage relationship, if you will. And uh, she wanted to make this act, and uh, she eliminated these agencies. Now, a difference in contrast, really. The Bethany Christian Services had the same general policy and practice as St. Vincent's, but they decided to compromise their beliefs in Michigan, not outside of Michigan, but the Michigan version of Bethany compromised in order to get along and continue to survive. To the credit of St. Vincent Catholic Charities, they said, we can't compromise, this is a non-compromisable issue, and they filed a lawsuit. And a federal judge has now found that the Michigan Attorney General and the state of Michigan violated their constitutional rights and ultimately issued an injunction against uh, the rule that disqualified the St. Vincent, of course, it's also going to apply to the Bethany Christian services. But it's a real contrast there, and it really is um, something I think that teaches us something. Don't compromise your values. This is something that's so critical to the essence of your mission. St. Vincent chose to fight, and they won. Now, this case also has just recently been put up on appeal. The Michigan Attorney General is not going to stop. She has continued to right. appeal, but in the meantime, I, they've got a I good argument. So.
0: Sure. Well, you know, I want to take a step back from this and take a look at some of these issues with you because it strikes me that the term discrimination gets thrown about loosely, and maybe we need to understand come to a better understanding in our society because, of course... Gay people don't want to be discriminated against, so why do they think it's fair to restrict the freedoms of of the religious sector, of those who disagree? They want to have their identity, so why not extend the same freedom to the religious sector to have their own identity? Now, you know, I'm in Blue State, California, and I work with folks who are on the left, who are in the gay community, and we have these conversations, and the people i work with are willing to extend are willing to see that you know what's fair for one is fair for the other and we've got to figure out how we all get along but then there are those like you're saying this Michigan attorney general who is really on the attack and is willing to harm children as you know an ideological agenda and not make room for an established Roman Catholic agency to continue serving children. It's, it's craziness, isn't
1: it? No, it is crazy. And I think the best way to illustrate that and address that issue is you're going to have individuals that are willing to talk and dialogue like what you've just mentioned. But you have the agenda-driven ideological organizations and individuals who are really pushing the day. And here's an example. Human Rights Campaign is the largest LGBT lobbying organization in the United States, headquartered in Washington, D.C. Some years ago, they tried to get, for many years, tried to get passed on the federal level an amendment to the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and they called it the um, Employment Non-Discrimination Law. Right. So they wanted to add sexual orientation and gender identity. At the time, it included an exemption for religious freedom, so churches could be exempt based upon their sincerely held religious beliefs. But a few years ago, they said, we're not going to support any of those laws anymore if you have a religious liberty accommodation. And consequently, one that passed through the House but is not going to make it through the Senate does not have any religious accommodation. And in fact—
0: Right, the Equality Act.
1: The Equality Act. It covers uh, churches. And then go back a little ways, back to the 1990s when we passed the Federal Religious Freedom Restoration Act. That was supported by Republicans and Democrats, signed into law by President Bill Clinton. That has been around for many years. Many states have replicated that religious freedom law on the state level. But the last few years, what's happened when some states wanted to add a religious freedom law or maybe do a small amendment to their current law, they're opposed by the LGBT community and say, no, no no religious liberty, because that means you're going to have the religious liberty to organize and live and have your ministry according to religious beliefs. That doesn't include promoting LGBT. So there has been a real shift in the national and local agenda that really has very little tolerance for the standard basic religious freedom that we all should be enjoying.
0: So somehow it seems to me that both sides need to recover a, um, a sound approach to non-discrimination, you know, because clearly the extremes on the left are hostile to the right of religious institutions to live according to their own identity, and that gets met with a similar sort of response from the right.
1: Sure, I think you're right on that. I think what you see here is that, go back to Title Seven. 1964 Civil Rights Act, and it has the categories of non-discrimination. One of them includes religion, but obviously it exempts religious organizations and churches from that category. It makes sense because you ought to have the autonomy to be able to organize and execute your ministry and mission according to your sincerely held religious beliefs. We've had that embedded in our system. Obviously, it's grounded in the First Amendment. But what we see happening today is there's no room when it comes to this LGBT religious freedom clash for religious freedom. And that's exactly what you experienced in Michigan. But Michigan's not the first state. Remember this happened also in Massachusetts. And there you had the uh, Catholic charities that had been doing the same thing as this Michigan Catholic charities for many, many years. And they were being told in order to continue your ministry, you have to uh, place children in same-sex households, even though that's contrary to your sincerely held religious belief and your understanding of the best interest of the child. And they ended up shutting down. So this is not the first battle. It's been a continual battle. This is one of the first cases in which the organization here filed suit and a judge ultimately ruled correctly, siding on the side of religious freedom. If we sacrifice religious freedom, In this case, and we say you you have to set aside your view, and there's a whole group of people that think that's in fact where we ought to be to just literally throw out our historic preservation of religious freedom. Uh, That is a very dangerous uh, road ahead. Uh, The same argument in a different context was made a few years ago at the United States Supreme Court to do away with the religious freedom ministerial exemption. And fortunately, the U.S. Supreme Court rejected the arguments by then the Obama administration, Department of Justice, and ultimately sided with religious freedom with a 9-0 decision.
0: Well, you know, it strikes me that the basic premise of the First Amendment of religious freedom is our autonomy of beliefs, our rights of conscience before God, and that if you undermine that, you undermine not only the foundation for us to have religious freedom, but the foundation for the gay community to have their own autonomy and freedom of belief and identity respected in the law. So to me, no right is an island. And, you know, we need to work towards a society that respects all of our individual freedoms. And, you know, coming back to close here with this adoption situation, you know, If the state wants, thinks that same-sex couples or, you know, individuals, whether they're gay or straight, are suitable parents to adopt or to be foster parents, you know, there's so many kids that need, you know, that's a decision that they have a right to evaluate. But why deprive Christian organizations or Catholic organizations of the opportunity to serve a lot of children and put them in homes with uh, married couples. It makes no sense at all, and it's just one of those casualties of the ideologies of the culture war, which, which I hope we can find a way through. Well, we're very much out of time. I appreciate, as always, our guest, Matt Staver, founder and director of Liberty Council. We've been talking about a a wonderful victory in Michigan, the court ruling in favor of a Roman Catholic adoption agency. Matt, thanks for being with us on Freedom's Ring today.
1: Thank you. My pleasure.
0: As we close, this has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reina. Until next week, let freedom ring.